everyone. It's Chrissy and Charlie here from Forward Thinking. And today's episode, we're going to get a bit um, tactical here. Well, strategic and then tactical, (laughs) but uh, we're going to talk through how to develop a opt-in process. And this came up actually because we realized that across the board, it, it seems like something as simple as an opt-in process that people should have in place is actually not very simple or is non-existent. And, or there's big holes. Or big holes. Uh, and, and I think people will think about an opt-in process as just in the simple regards of someone fills out a form, but that's not always the case. And that's not always how you know, people will come in contact with you or, or get into your database. And so there's so much more to that. And um, also developing the strategy doesn't mean working in a silo either. And so we'll, we'll touch on that as well, because there are le- legal implications at times for some of this. So mm-hmm. we have some awesome, um, an awesome guide that Charlie will go through. Um, so let's just kick it off. And from the very beginning, let's talk through, you know, developing opt-in process and what are, what are, what is the op, what does opt-in mean even? (laughs) And what are the types of opt-in? Yeah, well, I'm sharing my screen. So for those just listening, um, if you go to our website or go to YouTube, you'll be able to follow along a little bit better. I'll try and do a good job of explaining what I'm showing at the highest level you need to decide on what are the types of opt-in. Um, and actually, before I say that, this none of this is legal advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the penalties can be quite severe, so please discuss this with your legal team. Um, make sure they're on board. A lot of times I find that there's, there's two different types of legal team. There's one that will just be like, okay, ops team or marketing, you decide and we'll review it and see if you know, you're crazy or not. The other one will be, uh, we're the legal team. We need to do all of the research on this. We're going to figure it all out and then tell you what to do. Um, the ideal situation is probably somewhere in the middle. I think there's a lot of things you need to think about in terms of your appetite for risk. And it isn't just like a simple, um, we need to do this one option and without that isn't going to end up with like a dozen of other consequences. So you know, there's, there's lots of things to think about. It should be a collaboration between you and your legal team and any other experts that you have on board. Anyway, now that out of the way. So um, really there's just a few ways you can opt people in. Um, the first one is implicit. So essentially this is, you've got someone's data and you're, you just think <laughs> they've opted in, right? Now that isn't, they haven't explicitly told you they want to opt in. They haven't um you know check to box on a form or anything like that you've just got their data and you're like okay i'm going to opt this person in i think they want to hear from me the second one is explicit single and this is where someone has given you one indication i have a question on the implicit um what about someone who fills out a form but there isn't any like checkbox on the form to say that they're or language to say that they're opting in is that an implicit yes okay explicit so by, by going through ex- explicit single, I probably might even clarify more of what implicit. Mm-hmm. So explicit single, they, they've, they've explicitly said they want what you're, you're about to give them, right? And generally that's like emails, processing them in, in the database, et cetera, adding them um, to sales cadences, that kind of stuff. So they have checked that box or somewhere 
throughout that process, they have said, I want to receive more emails, marketing communications, whatever. Implicit is the not the opposite, but different to that, obviously. They haven't done that explicit step. So the 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 it's in the words, right? Explicit double is that they've done two steps to explicitly tell you they want to opt in. Where you know we see this, you fill out a form, you check the box, you get a confirmation email, says, Do you really want to opt in? And then they click that and then now they're opted in. Mm-hmm. So really it's just like those three. And that's the the general kind of highest level strategy in terms of like your opt-in, your different opt-in processes, you know, different opt-in requirements that you're going to apply to different countries yeah, and different acquisition sources. So moving on, the next step here is to then think through, okay, so I've got these three different requirements. The first thing I want to think through is what country because laws are all, you know, country and region specific. So what country or countries or regions um, should I apply each rule to? So for example, a lot lot of companies will in the United States for data, like people in in the United States, they'll just implicitly opt them in. Like maybe they don't need um, to fill out that checkbox, but they fill out a form on your website and you'll still email them. Mm -hmm. But for Germany, like if we're looking at the option here, option A, so actually for the people just listening in, we've got the spectrum here. We have less strict and extremely strict. On the on the left, which is less strict, it's like implicitly opt-in United States. We actually have explicit double for Germany. I think, you know, Germany pretty intense about their rules. So I like to just say, let's just do double opt-in for Germany. Mm-hmm. And then maybe rest of world explicit single, like they just have to fill in that checkbox. Um, you kind of got this option in the middle, which is in kind of between extremely strict and less strict where, you know, United States is going to be single opt-in, double opt-in for Germany, and then single opt-in for the rest of the world. Then you have option C, which is extremely strict, double opt-in everywhere. So where you sit on this spectrum is entirely dependent on multiple things. One, your appetite for risk, right? Because all of these rules are just very, have all of these gray areas and interpretations within them. So it's very difficult to know, like, yeah, and and it's really dependent on if you're going to be like have complaints and things like that about whether you're at risk. And at the same, and so a lot of companies they might think, okay, well, the risk is low, but we really need to target this specific region. It's like a huge strategic um, goal for us to like move into the EU. So we can't double opt in everyone because then that's you know reducing the amount of people we can communicate with. Yeah. So you have to balance your marketing strategy, your goals, your eagerness to communicate with those people versus your appetite for risk. And that's where you're going to you're going to find a point on this spectrum where you apply each of those three different one of those three um, opt in requirements to the country or region. Yeah. And when we've been talking about this, too, it's like a lot of how we send marketing communications. Do you put sales communications under that? bucket as well of following the same strategy or do you think that it's worth discussing both um a a strategy for how sales communicates versus marketing that is a very nuanced thing so Mm -hmm. one part of that is if someone opts out right if they unsubscribe they shouldn't be getting email from anyone right? right now if you if they're not opted out but they're not opted in you know, that is, again, 
where your appetite for risk comes in because there is a difference between mass blasting 100,000 people who are not opted in but also not opted out mm-hmm. right they're like implicitly opted in versus a one-to-one sales email yeah to those to like individuals there so there is a difference there but again you know I, I see some companies they say we these rules apply for both marketing and sales uh, other companies say okay well if sales is going to do very targeted outreach they can reach out to people who aren't explicitly opted in but again it then it st- sometimes still comes down to the country yeah so we can't tell you what to do here it's just what how to think about it and you have to document all of these rules and see where country by country what is the rule right mm-hmm. and that comes down to you know the marketing and sales conversation and then something else we'll get to in a second okay so that uh that goes through kind of the options between less strict and extremely strict which you said you know comes down to the appetite for risk so how do you like manage all this or how do you track it? What, what are some of the ways to operationalize opt-in? Yeah, you just need a handful of fields basically and some processes in you know, either Salesforce or your marketing automation platform. So we like to have an opt-in checkbox that's gonna go on the forms where you wanna track explicit opt-in. An opt-in status, this is one thing that a lot of people don't have that we find. They'll have like an opt-in checkbox, but you need more nuance within their opt-in, right? So you, you would have like, are they implicitly up to mm-hmm. Are they explicitly double? Are they explicit single? You would have pending, which means that they, like if, you're, if they're coming from Germany and they need to double opt-in, they've explicitly single opted in, but they need to double opt-in, they would be in pending. If they're declined, that means if they fill out a form on your website and they don't check the box, right? They have declined opt-in. And this is, a lot of people get hung up on this because it's like, they're not opted out, but they're not, op- they didn't opt in. So you don't put them as unsubscribed, right? Because they haven't actually opted out. Oh my gosh, yes. I just uncovered this with a client who a previous agency just started setting everyone who was not explicitly opted into unsubscribed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no wonder they think so many people are unsubscribed. Right. It's actually just the system doing that. Marketing suspend them. Yeah. So they don't get emails, but don't unsubscribe them just mark them as declined again that's where the nuance comes in and there's un- unsubscribed obviously is another option and then unknown for you know maybe existing data in your database when you set this up yeah um or maybe you get data from a vendor and you don't really know if it's opted in or not again that would be marketing suspended i like the um pending as well because that can be used i think even for um cold data from certain Mm-hmm. Uh, countries so because implicit even if you just acquire a list there there's no even really implicit opt-in there I mean you could argue that for the United States but you could even treat those people as pending and then require a single uh, explicit mm-hmm. opt-in and uh, we I've done this a lot where then you have like a pending marketing where maybe you send them a few emails to try and get them to opt in and then if they don't then you can potentially move them like out of pending into decline or keep them pending whatever it is but you don't email them again yep um and that that's something that I think can work really well to you yeah and there's one that we don't have on here which is expired so you can have rules around if if maybe you implicitly opt people in but they don't engage with the emails for a year they should move to expired oh yeah I love um that. and you're gonna have opt-in source that's going to be basically where you got some details around where you got the data from opt-in date is going to be the date they actually like 
were opted in 100%. So double, single, implicit, one of those. Unsubscribed checkbox, obviously you will already have that. Um, opt-out date and then a marketing suspended reason, which is going to be variable, right? So if they're like pending and they're in their marketing suspended, then the marketing suspended reason would be their pending double opt-in. Um, so once you have that data structure set up, you should probably have this data in both Salesforce and your marketing automation platform. Um, I don't like it when people just build that out in just Marketo or something. I think sales needs visibility in Salesforce and then you're going to have to synchronize that data to your sales engagement platform as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then try and come up with a diagram like this so you can articulate it. So the bet, so what I find a lot when I work with clients, because we do these type of projects all the time, is there's so much back and forth with coming up with the rules. You need an easy way to show it. So what I'm showing here, if people aren't watching, is just a process diagram showing data coming in, you know, opt-in, true or false, country, Germany or not Germany, and then what's going to happen with data value changes to the fields I just described um, and, you know, the double opt-in process, the single opt-in process, et cetera. So once you can try and, you know, build a diagram like this, so to try and essentially get a, the whole team to agree, because you need all of the different functional areas to agree on the plan. Now, this is just a simple version. Once you actually start building this out, it might look like something like this where you've gone through all of your acquisition sources down here. So on the left, I have like LinkedIn lead gen forms, your content forms, different forms on your website, data coming from Salesforce, Siftrock, Drifty, uh, um, yeah, Drifty's called Drifty. Drifty right email, now, right? Yeah. Uh, cust your customer data, G2 data, list uploads from events and partners, et cetera. And each of these has a different um, process. Yeah. Now this is where 99.999% of people or companies fall flat and they've missed because every time we audit opt-in for like most of the time or sometimes forms aren't even covered but most of the times forms are covered maybe they've got checkbots they've got some processes to opt people in but they've forgotten about data coming through the api data coming yeah. through salesforce mm -hmm. so you have this huge part of your database that hasn't run through your opt-in processes mm -hmm. so you don't know if they're opted in or out maybe by default kind of you're opting them in when you shouldn't or even you're opting them out or not opting them in when you should. So therefore your marketable database isn't really reflecting reality. Totally. Yeah. Even to tag on the form part, like some, the, some of these uh, new event platforms, you're using their forms and landing pages. And I, I've seen that there's no way to handle the opt-in correctly there either. Mm -hmm. And so then you're missing out on that. So. So audit all of your data acquisition sources. So there's, there's really just two, two major things data acquisition source yeah. and country because mm -hmm. you need to know two data points you need to know what their country is mm -hmm. and if they're opt-in true or false right and with those two pieces of data you can apply the opt-in logic that you decided on that risk spectrum to all of your data acquisition sources mm -hmm. so like oh they came from this oh and their country is this and they are opted in then do this oh they came from this other thing and their country is this other country, but they're not opted in, do that. And then that's when you update the status. You either marketing suspend or you don't. You know, all of the processes, not the data value changes that I mentioned. Yeah. I, I like on here too, you have some areas for enrichment because I think that your second piece, like you said, mm -hmm. country is necessary. And a lot of the sources of these people might be missing a country. And you that's don't... where pending can come in too. Yeah. And so, but if you're able to then try and to enrich 
that with the right country, then that'll just make your process even better. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the um, one thing I like, and I think it's just, you kind of have to do it is have country in all of your forms. Um, yeah. So, you know, and whether, whether that's like a form um, enrichment tool, kind of like Clearbit or you know, Zoom Info, Form Complete or something like that, that can be good, even if it's not going to be 100% accurate every single time. But asking for the country on your forms really helps your opt-in processes. Because like I said, you need to know the opt-in checkbox, true or false, or the country and the data acquisition source. Once you've got those things, three things covered, your rules can be applied. Any one of those things is missing, it's hard to know what to do. And you're probably gonna have to put them into pending until you know. Yeah, totally. Cool. Well, hopefully that was helpful for you guys. As you go through setting up your opt-in process, the key thing is to make sure you're accounting for all of the sources of data and knowing that you also need to account for the country data to make this effective. So that was great. We'll have- and work with your legal team. And we're the, we're the legal team. Um, so we'll have to get sued. If you do get sued, you at least want your what, what you got sued for to have been approved <laughs> by your legal team. Exactly. So um, hopefully that was helpful. We'll have the charts available um, to tie to this episode as well. And we'll see everyone on the next episode of Board This is Charlie. So if you liked what you heard, hit like on the platform where you watch this. Also, leave a review. Honestly, we would really, really appreciate it. You can also subscribe where you listen to your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even YouTube. And make sure you subscribe to our newsletter, which is packed full of exclusive content, updates for events or courses that we might be doing, all designed to elevate your marketing operations and B2B strategy. See you next time on Forward and Forward It Up.